listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. All right, guys, I had such a great time talking with today's guest, so much so that we became friends after this. And actually, in about an hour, uh, both of us are going to be starting a 24-hour fast, so we're not going to be eating for 24 hours uh, together. Um, And by the time you listen to this, the fast will have been done, and uh, hopefully we both made it out alive. But we're doing this, uh, you know, not just for the health benefits, but also for the mental aspects of doing the hard things, uh, building self-esteem through doing those hard things and ultimately building self-control, resilience, and all those great skills that we get from doing the hard things, which I and uh, our guests on this show have talked about many, many times because it will be such a fulfilling experience. So, anywho, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about our guest today from the words of our guest himself, and he sent me this bio, and I'm going to read it for you right now before we start the episode. So again, this bio is in John's words, not mine. I was born and raised in Walnut Creek, California. In my childhood, I was trained as an elite athlete, placing fourth at the 2015 Junior Olympic National Championships for gymnastics. During my training, I sustained multiple traumatic brain injuries that became more obvious as I aged. Dealing with suicidal depression and almost failing high school, I knew I had to take massive action to heal myself. After high school, I had success day trading, which enticed me to chase the wrong crowd and getting addicted to stimulants. Through diet, exercise, and meditation, I was able to reverse my TBIs, get off stimulants, and put my life back on track. Throughout my journey, I've been mentored by multimillionaires, Olympic athletes, shamans, and most importantly, nature. My mission is to inspire human optimization teaching people that we are far more powerful than we are led to believe. I have found that even if your brain is broken, you can put it back together. Awesome bio. And without further ado, welcome to The Art of Fulfillment, John Chrysler. Thanks for having me on here. Of course, of course, man. And I'm really excited to talk with you. And we were talking a little bit about before the show on how I discovered your content. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen this this guy's content before, I encourage you to go look at his Instagram page because he's got videos and videos of just content on happiness and fulfillment and ultimately like living your true life and you can just tell you know how genuine like he is in trying to help so john like my question for you to kind of where it starts like could you give a little bit of perspective on like what what your background is like how you came along this journey to be at a point where you know you became so obsessed with trying to help other people become happy and help other people become fulfilling lives because i think your story is very interesting Yeah, well, I mean, I started as somebody that was very depressed, that didn't see any solutions, and someone that really victimized themselves. You know, homeschooled during high school, socially isolated, you know, no girlfriend, no anything. And so what happened was, you know, I got brain damage through doing gymnastics, which kind of led to the decline emotionally. And so, you know, from there, I had to find ways of helping myself. I went through, you know, therapy, psychiatrists, and, you know, they they didn't really help, you know, they, I kept going to the appointments and I, I didn't really see any progress from there. 
And so I just realized um, that, you know, the people that kept, you know, asking for money and all these specialists, you know, they, they do have, they are good to a certain extent, but I just felt like there had to really be a solution that doesn't cost money, that doesn't require you to fly to some clinic that's in a different country kind of thing. And so, you know, throughout the years, I eventually met more people. I, once I graduated high school, dropped out of college I, to be an entrepreneur, which connected me with other entrepreneurs. And, you know, through that, I got advice from them. They gave me books. They gave me information on how to transform yourself. And so what I post online is, you know, just little snippets, you know, kind of like, you know, happiness for dummies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like to post that and break it down into simple terms because happiness isn't complicated. Happiness is a choice, but to get to the place where you can choose to be happy, that is where I come in and, you know, that is my goal to provide for people. I love that, man. Yeah, no, it's such an awesome story how you were not only able to learn so much about happiness, but you were able to go from a place of like being depressed and like having a like brain damage, which is fucking crazy. And literally like being in a place where you're like, wow, man, like I, I just need to get better. And then like being someone who's like basically an expert on happiness and being to teach it. So I think bridging that gap is so cool. So like there's so much I want to unpack from that story. But like the first thing is like, when a lot of people kind of go through the situation where they were like you, like depressed and then like brain damage. And like, I'm sure like all that stuff was like hindering and like your gymnastics performance and like everything, like kind of like you valued in life. What was it that like really made you desire to get better as opposed to being a victim and just kind of being like, you know, fuck this. I want to give up. Cause I think a lot of people when they have, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there are people out there who, when they get into situations like that, they'll totally dig themselves into a hole and just be like, wow, like my life's over. Fuck this. I don't want to get better. But what drove you to seek improvement? I definitely went through cycles of just feeling like giving up, you know, of just mm -hmm. not trying anything, you know, waking up at 1 p.m. going, okay, I'm just gonna play Call of Duty all day and not work on myself. I, I definitely went through that. But you know, the I, I the universe, you know, is goes through cycles, you know, everything is cyclical. And there comes a point where we have the opportunity to make a change. And eventually we go through that victim cycle so many times, you, I get fed up, you know, at least me personally, I got fed up. I got, mm -hmm. you know, tired of being tired, so to say. And so, you know, the first step I took was actually um, just going out. I wanted to make more friends. You know, that is what was really bogging me down initially was I was this homeschooled kid with no friends. And so... For me, I just started, you know, reading a book, how to be social, how to talk to people, how to not be awkward. I, I think the book's like how to talk to anybody uh, or 92 ways of talking. Something oh, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. And um, so from there, I wasn't good at talking. In fact, you know, I got rejected over and over, which resulted in me going through more cycles of, you know, like, oh, I'm not trying that again. That was a horrible <laughs> idea. Um, but you know, going through that cycle is really what does it because we don't have to succeed our first try. In fact, we never really succeed our first try at anything. And so it was just repeating that cycle of trying to be happy and fail, trying to be social and fail, and eventually just brought into fruition, you know, where I am today of being happy and being social. Oh my gosh. I love that, man. And I love how you said, yeah, it's true. Like everyone goes through cycles. Like even if you have a positive outlook on life, like, you're still going to go through cycles and just realizing that can like also be empowering to be like, wow, like I'm in a bad 
place right now, but since I know the universe goes in cycles, like I'm eventually going to get to that good place. And I also love how you said like, yeah, I just need to like figure out like where I'm lacking or what's causing me my unhappiness and like work on that every day, like you said, and it just involves taking the small steps. And I love that. I love how you even said too, like the first time you're not always going to succeed. Like it's so true. Like I think a lot of people will go in and be like, at least when I say a lot of people too, I mean, mostly me in my, in my prior experience, I've been like, oh yeah, like this is going to work. And then it doesn't work. And then I'd be like, oh fuck man. Like you said, like kind of beating yourself up, but you know, I love how you just said, you just got to keep trying and trying and trying and pushing and eventually you'll get there. And so like kind of fast forwarding in your story a little bit, when you were uh, in college and decided to drop out to become an entrepreneur, like what was it inside of you that like led you to do, to make that choice? Like, were you scared? Like, were you, were you nervous? Like what was kind of like your, your whole mind going through, like when that process happened? You, in the moment, you know, it just felt like I wasn't capable of doing school, um, you know, because I still wasn't, I didn't recover from brain damage until about almost two years after I dropped out. Oh, wow. And so I graduated high school with a 2.4 GPA. And, I, you know, I just felt guilty trying to go to college that, you know, costs money. And something just didn't feel right in my stomach, you know, when I just kept feeling this, this level of resentment, you know, every time I try to do schoolwork. And, you know, I just took that as a sign that I was meant to do something else. I, I didn't really know what I was meant to do, but I knew for anything to change, I had to get out of the, the current situation. And that came with a lot of backlash. You know, a lot of people, especially, you know, around, you know, millennial Gen X, this, you know, this era right now, we feel like we, we have to go to college because th that's the only option. You know, we feel like we're children of the system and, you know, we are being a bad child of the system by trying to go around it. And, you know, I found this, this sense of liberation, the sense of purpose, the moment that I dropped out of college. And that is what, again, helps emotionally propel me because we might be unhappy just because of the chains that shackle us down that we, we don't even see. You know, the, the trickiest trap is the trap that's invisible, the one that we can't see. And most people that aren't happy are stuck in these traps. And mm -hmm. so entrepreneurship was the first thing that really showed me that, you know, you hear it all the time, like, oh, fire your boss, you know, no more nine to five. You know, those are basic phrases, but, you know, it really inspired something in me initially that, hey, wait, you know, I, I think we actually are meant to do more. I think we are meant to be happy. I think we are meant to be the best version of ourselves. And for me, school just wasn't that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there. School isn't for, but you see people all the time who will not go to school and they'll still like really succeed. And it's crazy because like you said before, there's almost like this presupposed model of like what life should be where it's you, you go to school, you go to college, you get the job in the nine to five and that's what life is. But like you said, man, it's, it's not. And people will, you know, at times just kind of like not know the opportunities around them and what's possible in the world. So for you, like, did that like for, for you to awaken to those other possibilities and what life had, like, was it like reading books? Was it connecting with people? Like what was, what was kind of like the thing that helped you to essentially break out of the matrix more or less? Uh, it was seeing people that had already broken out of it, you mm -hmm. know, like, cause I, we, you know, we can read rich dad, poor dad, and it doesn't really, you know, make us an entrepreneur. It doesn't really shift our mindset completely. We just now know the concept of passive income. But what really inspired me was I, you know, I was on Instagram and I found uh, this, 
this guy, his name's Brendan Teeger. He's actually huge right now. He just partnered up with Jake Paul and stuff. But back then he was like a nobody, you know, kind of almost a wannabe entrepreneur. Um, But he had really good content. And so I, you know, message him. I'm just like, what's your story? Who are you? Like he was this 22, 23 year old at the time with like a Porsche and cars and he was traveling. And, you know, I was like, man, I want to be like you. And I, he, he told me his story of basically same thing. He was, well, he was working a corporate job and he just didn't, he just didn't resonate with it. He decided to quit that and he started doing entrepreneurship. And, you know, that's what kind of inspired me because in my head, I was like, okay, you know, people can be entrepreneurs, but they're not going to be successful until they're older. But then here we, here was this 22, 23 year old entrepreneur who was already killing it and he's still killing it to this day. And that opened me up to a new network of more young entrepreneurs that again, like early mid twenties traveling the world, they have these cars, they, you know, have, they're doing all these things, no college degree, no job. And that's what made it real. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like the our younger generations, they have to see it with their own eyes for them to believe it, you know, not just reading a book or being told that it's possible, but seeing in real life that it's possible is definitely what transitioned me into a new way of thinking. For sure, man. I can resonate that with that so much because like I, like I said before, uh, we were talking before the show and kind of offline a little bit about this was like I had, you know, the, the drug addiction for a while. I was addicted to Adderall and I was literally prescribed it when I was like in fifth grade and basically was taking it my whole life. But I thought like if I didn't take it, I would just be fail. I would be a failure. I wouldn't like be smart. I wouldn't be all that. But literally like I started to look up people who stopped taking the drug and they were functioning well and they were, you know, successful and happy and, you know, doing like just great things. And once I saw that too, like that possibility just opened the door up for me. And I was like, yeah, man, I can get sober. I can do this. And, you know, look where I am now and look where you are now. Right. It's, it's crazy. Like all, all it just takes for us is to really just see the proof. It's out there. It's like the four minute mile story, right? Like where no one thought a four minute mile could run. Roger Bannister runs the four minute mile. And then what? Like the record hasn't been broken in, I don't know. It was like some like crazy amount of years, like a hundred years or something. I don't know. Could be wrong. But like, I, regardless, like right after he did that within like the next year, again, I'm just kind of making up the numbers, but like 10 people broke the record. So it's like, it's crazy. It's just all a matter of belief. So, you know, you, you quit your, you quit college, I should say, quit college, pursue an entrepreneurship. Like when did you start to really see the shift in your happiness from that journey? Like, and like, what was kind of like your progression, like from then until like now? You know, it's kind of funny when I first dove into entrepreneurship, it was like the birth of my ego. You know, like I was this oh, innocent homeschool kid who was like, oh, I'm a college dropout entrepreneur, you know, Forbes <laughs> magazine, you know, like that was the image that got painted in my head. And so what actually happened was at first I had this ego, but then I got humbled because when you try entrepreneurship, you immediately get humbled. And that actually brought me into a, another deep depression. And that's actually where I started to have my um, battle with Adderall mm-hmm. as well. Um, initially, I actually wasn't prescribed, you know, that a lot of people just get it other ways. And so I just thought to myself, like, man, I, I, I have to make this, this, I have to make it happen, you know. And so that, you know, led, I mean, as you know, Adderall just does a number of things. You know, for me, it made it so I couldn't fall asleep and I couldn't wake up. And, you know, when you don't have a good circadian rhythm, like you're just, you can't be happy. It's just biologically, it's not going to happen. And so it it just, it came down, it comes down to your belief. You know, whatever you believe is possible. 
is your reality. And so once I started to believe that, I was like, hey, I, I don't need Adderall. I don't need this. And I don't need my big ego to be an entrepreneur. That's when, you know, I became a lot more happy with what I have right here, right now. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they, they go, you know, they have the picture of the Lamborghini on their wall. Their phone wallpaper is a mansion. And, you know, and it, you know that keeps some people motivated. But it's kind of like the carrot in front of the horse to keep mm. it moving. It's not true motivation. It's more of like kind of whipping yourself in a way. And so my happiness really started was when I actually at some point gave up entrepreneurship. I just said, you know what? I, I'm taking a break. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not going back to school. I'm just going to work on myself. And so, you know, I was just kind of a bum for a little <laughs> bit, crashing on, you know, crashing on the couch a lot, not doing anything, not making money. And through that is where I learned how to be happy. And once, you know, the, the ball started rolling, the snowball grew bigger. That's when I stepped back into entrepreneurship, but everything was different. You know, nothing was out of competition. Nothing was out of fear. Nothing was out of proving it. It just came straight from my heart and the difference that I want to make to the world. Oh, I love that, man. That is, wow. That's so powerful. And it's crazy how like you were able to just literally just, you didn't change your lifestyle. You didn't change, like you just changed your perspective and what you were motivated by and, and what you were really fighting for that allowed you to go into the same experience like entrepreneurship and like be happy through that way as opposed to before like chasing money and all that stuff. So was that like the big difference? Was it like the chasing money versus like, you know, seeing other stuff and like, how has your, like, were you, are you more successful chasing money or are you more successful chasing like the contribution, everything like you said in like the, the your second go round? Yeah. So chasing money is whenever we chase something, we, we're pushing it away. You know, mm -hmm. if we really want to go on a date with that girl and we're really trying to go on a date with that girl, that girl is, she's not there. Like she's oh, trying yeah, to man. date literally anyone else. You know, you know, money's the same way. If we chase it too much, we're really not going to get it. And so when we, we do that to chase money, we don't have a sense of fulfillment at the end of the day. If we don't make money at the end of the day, then we feel empty. If we, mm -hmm. And so that's why I kind of had to stop doing that. And so what shifted for me was that the act of working, the act of what I do is what makes me feel fulfilled. I feel mm -hmm. fulfilled before I even post a video. I feel fulfilled before I even think of a video idea. And so because of that, the beginning, middle, and the end of the whole process keeps me feeling fulfilled, keeps me feeling happy. That was, that was the shift. I'm no longer dictated or controlled by results. I'm, you know, we're in control of ourselves. We're in control of our own happiness when we think like this. Right. Exactly, man. I love that because we're always in control of it. We're always in control of like how we see the world and how, what our perception is and how we react, right? But we're, we're not always in control of like what happens to us, right? Like, there's many times where people in entrepreneurship, like they're great business leaders, but, but like some freak accident happens or something like just totally like, you know, like Murphy's law happens and you know, chaos hits the fam and then, or shit hits the fan, I guess chaos happens. And it's all a matter of like, okay, like this happened, but how are you going to react to it? Like, how are you going to react? Are you going to see this as an opportunity to shine? Or are you going to see this as an opportunity to hold you back? And I also love how you said too, like when you chase money, it's like, you're always going to want like the next big thing, right? Like you chase it, even, even if you get it, like, like I, I always, cause I've had a point where I like came across, like, you know, I was on wall street, was making a lot of money, but like the money came and I was like, I'm still miserable. And it wasn't really until like I shifted my perspective, like you said, where everything just started to like totally change. So it's just really fascinating to have that insight. So for you, like, do you have any like 
tips or practices or kind of like methods that someone can take to shift their perspective into one that's uh, going to leave them more fulfilled or happy about life, like for someone who maybe is in a place where they either feel stuck or they feel just unfulfilled, like what would kind of be like your practical advice for someone to change their perspective on life? So the, there, it always comes back to gratitude. You know, like, I don't want to be that guy like, oh, just be grateful and everything changes because it's really not as simple of going, oh, I'm grateful now. So one thing that I, just, I started doing was I tried to find like the smallest thing I could look forward to. You know, if it's that, if, you know, you have like a piece of chocolate at the end of the day, so to th- kind of thing. But, you know, from there, it kind of transformed into something a little, into a little different. Instead of trying to decide, you know, what good thing I'm going to put in my day, I tell myself that something good is going to happen today. I don't know what it is, but I just convinced myself that every day something good's going to happen. You know, it doesn't have to be something as big as you just won the lottery. It doesn't have to be something like, oh, a beautiful woman just walked up me on the street and asked for my number. It can be the smallest thing. And that trains your brain, that rewires your thought process to start looking for the good things because mm-hmm. we are, we're wired to be negative. Like that's just kind of how we're indoctrinated. It's like we're, we're trained to see the negative in everything. So we have to retrain ourselves to see the positive and everything. So any methods that will help you see the good in things, like giving out compliments, you know, is something as simple as that can start rewiring our brains to feel more positive. And when we feel more positive, that's, that's, that's where our life becomes, you know, when we look for the positivity in our environment, there simply is more positivity in our environment. Mm-hmm. It, you know, people who are negative, they have this detachment that we're not responsible for the things that are going on in our life, that we, everything's random, everything's by chance, it's all a random number generator, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, the transition when you're positive is you go, okay, you know what, nothing is random, everything happens for a reason, and mm-hmm. it all stems from my attitude, it stems from my belief, it stems from how I view the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like taking that like radical accountability. Right. And just being like, you know, everything's like a choice for me. It may not be true. Like, of course, like sometimes, like, again, like I said, something can happen that's totally out of control. But like, again, like if you are in charge of your happiness, like that's basically what you got to take the accountability for. Right. And I love that practice, man. Like what you say is <laughs> instead of like basically having something that you're going to look forward to every day, like you said, like piece of chocolate that we can look forward to every day. Cause like, I think you and I agree, like after a while, like you're probably going to take the chocolate for granted and just be like, oh, whatever, it's not good anymore. But like to say like something's good's going to happen today, it just leaves the door open for possibilities. And like, even if you have like a really shitty day, I think if you go into it with that mindset, like something that you might have not been grateful for in the past might just show up and you're like, wow, that was great. And you're looking for the good. And I love that. And I love how you also say we're so wired to look towards the negative stuff because that is so true. Our brain is totally meant to keep us alive, not meant to keep us happy. And I just really love that. And one concept that I think also relates to happiness, which I've seen you talk about before is like presence. So like for you, like how does presence play a role in your life and why does it make, you know, you so happy and fulfilled, like just to be present? Well, I mean, if we're not here in this moment, where are we? (laughs) Good point. When we're not, when we're not right here, you know, we begin to project ourselves into different places and time into different realities. And that's what creates anxiety. Anxiety happens when we're fighting to not be in this present moment. Mm-hmm. When we're fully within this present moment, we, we don't feel anxious. We feel complete. And, you know, I just had a video about this, that happiness only exists right here, 
right now. And so, you know, because the reason why I made that video is because a lot of people, when they make goals, you know, they'll say, okay, my goal is to be happy. And it's going to do, you know, step one, step two, step three. And after all of this, the end goal, I will be happy. But the, the thing is, that's not how it works. You're going to be miserable. Step one, miserable. Step two, miserable. Step three. <laughs> and then you'll be happy for maybe a split second because you accomplished it. And so I, the goal is, you know, true sustainability. You know, if anybody's read the 10x rule about success, true success is success that rolls over. It's something that success that keeps happening. Happiness is the same thing. And so that's why I was looking for a method, a tool to keep me sustainably happy every day, because every day is a little different. You know, we were going to have different variables, but the, the thing that is the same day to day to day is this present moment. It's always mm -hmm. right here, right now. I love that, man. That's so awesome. Yeah. Presence is so powerful. And I love how you say it. it's all we have. It's all we literally have. So it's like when we're able to take a step back from our mind going nuts and just be here and be now, like it's almost impossible to feel like bad. It's almost impossible to feel stressed because you're just being, you're not like trying to be something else. But for anyone who's like a goal achiever out there, because I, I love setting goals and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, love setting goals. How do you balance uh, setting a goal? And also staying at the present at the same time, if that makes sense. Because like you're looking into the future for the goal, but how do you balance it with keeping present enough so you're so fulfilled and you're not just like totally attaching to that outcome that, you know, who knows, may take 5, 10, 20 years to happen, depending on what the goal is. That, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. Um, I would say the trick is to be the most engaged, but the least attached to the results. Ooh, so we are really engaged with each step of the process, you know, very meticulous. We're putting our all into it, but we don't become attached to a certain outcome because mm -hmm. again, we, we don't really know what's going to happen when we do these certain things. We think there might be only five steps. But there's actually 500 steps. <laughs> when we remain engaged but not attached it really doesn't matter how long how hard how many obstacles there were because we were never attached to an outcome we were just doing it to, to we were just engaged and again since we have found happiness in this very moment each step of the way brought us happiness we were as happy in step one as we were on step three as happy as we are in step 500 because we are not trying to attach ourselves to something that's not in this present moment yeah, man. Oh, wow. That's, that is so awesome. And when we're engaged and we're giving our best, like, I feel like that in itself can be so fulfilling. Like, even if something doesn't work out, but you can look, look back and be like, damn, man, like I gave it my all. Like that just feels good. It just feels good to know that you just gave it your all and like you didn't quit and all that stuff. And what I also think is like interesting is I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this is I think like when you're able to like fuel your engagement with like a passion or like a purpose or something or like meaning like I feel like that can like totally set people on fire but I, there's a lot of listeners in this podcast and I know because I've had people reach out to me ask this question and it's kind of like a recurring thing that I ask a lot of our guests and I'm curious to hear your take on it is, is what if someone doesn't feel like they have a purpose or a passion or something that like really excites them in life like how did you find I guess it will will I guess frame it in a way where you can like tell it through your own story but like how did you find what you're super passionate about and then like what can others do in order to find what they're passionate about so they can totally have that purpose and direction in life that's going to allow them to be more engaged and ultimately more fulfilled wow yeah that that is a that's a good question i a lot of people ask me that same question too um for me it was just trial and error i i've 
I did not know when I was younger that I enjoyed talking to people in front of people and helping people. I only found that out because my very first job was as a gymnastics coach. And, you know, through that, I was able to teach children, but I wasn't really that engaged with it. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then it, it, it just kept, it kept transforming from there, from coaching. Then I went into day trading. Then I was like, you know what? I want to make a little extra money uh, while day trading. I'm going to teach people, do webinars of how to do day trading. And then I actually enjoyed that more than day trading itself. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of stacked on each other. Um, but for somebody that just doesn't know where to start. Um, the best advice I can have, if you, if anybody's ever studied uh, Hinduism, I believe it's called sadhana or it's your daily practice. Mm -hmm. And so if you can form a daily routine, um, a proper daily routine where you, for example, you have something to be grateful for, you make sure you're living, you know, through your intentions, you ask yourself, what do you think is right? What do you think is wrong? And you live by your own morals on a day to day basis that will start to bring up and attract things into your life that are passionate because when you live by your own moral code and not somebody else's that's all you attract you everything in your life is a reflection of how you feel and how you think and so when you develop that daily practice of living by your own standards that's the best way i would say to start finding things because then maybe you might meet somebody new that has a similar interest they'll help guide you or maybe you'll try going to you know a a debate club or maybe going to improv like it can be the most random thing that will start this domino effects that will lead to something that makes you feel purposeful yeah and and you i i can like totally see through that process how you like you start to find out like what you like what you're about like what you're so like what really charges you up because i think it's like something that can be so easily uh, lost in our minds because we are so distracted nowadays, right? Like with like technology and the social media and all that stuff. But like you said, like if you're sitting and asking these questions each day and like you write it down on paper or like you just repeat it over and over and over again, I think like that awareness comes into it. And I think that's so cool. So I think that's such like a real, real special practice there. And one thing that you mentioned in there was, uh, you know, living by your morals, like even though like it goes against like, you know, what other people may think of you or how they may judge. And I think like even before, like when you said, when you dropped out of college, it was, it was kind of like uh, going against the grain. So for you and your journey, like, did you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I probably know the answer, but, but do, did you face people who were kind of like against or didn't agree what you were doing and kind of like, you know, were like, oh man, like, look at John, like he's not doing the right thing. And how did you deal with that and almost block out the noise so that you can continue going through that path? Cause that's a problem that I personally faced in my journey. And I know that a lot of people in my life are facing as well. So for you, how, how did you manage that if you did experience it? I definitely experienced that. In fact, I don't think there was anybody in my life that actually was supportive when I first <laughs> made the decision oh, to man. drop out. Like I remember telling my dad about it and th it, this is the only time in my life where I saw him this angry and he told me that he'd never been more disappointed in me in his entire life than Damn. in that moment. And I was like, wow, then, you know, my mom wasn't quite as harsh, but she was basically going like, what are you doing? Like, go back, like what, you're not gonna make it. And you know, my friends just didn't understand my decision because everybody at the time was a freshman in college being like college is the best thing ever what are you doing man you're missing out right and so it it forced me to you know kind of form my own eggshell around me you know a lot of us we look for other people's validation and that keeps us in this constant state of you know chasing people's validation so this was the first time in my life where I was going 
this this what I'm doing, my decision to drop out of college, this is the first decision that I've ever made in my entire life that felt so right, but now everybody's telling me it's so wrong. And that helped me just be really strong. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit at first I was considering, okay, maybe I could do both. I can do school. I can do entrepreneurship at the same time. But ultimately it made me angry and anger is a catalyst for a lot of good things. If we use it right, you know, because mm-hmm. at the bottom of the emotional you know, hierarchy, we have depression where you just don't feel anything. And the way you get from depression out of depression, a lot of times is actually through anger because when we're depressed, we have no energy. We're tired. We're lethargic. We're not gonna do anything, but then when someone pisses you off, you go, oh, "What?" You know, like you just spring out of bed, you jump through the window, you you hop in your car, you go. Right. And that's what happened to me. I worked ten times harder because everybody said I wasn't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And that, and then the act of that, you admit so much energy doing that. That attracted the people in my life that are supportive. You know, immediately people online were messaging me going, "I support you. You inspire me to also, you know, pursue entrepreneurship." And I think it's really important to not be too quiet about what you do. I, you know, everybody has a different personality. Some people want to keep to themselves. Some people want to be as loud as they can. But I think at least everybody should at least do something. At least be have you know maybe even whisper what you're doing because there are people out there that are just like you doing what you're doing that want more people to do it with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I totally agree, man. There's one thing even like with this podcast that I started up too. It's like connecting people like you and like, you know, people who are kind of like, like the same about the same things. Right. Because like, if you're, if I didn't make this podcast, like I probably wouldn't have connected with as many people. Right. Like, like you, and I wouldn't have like, you know, I've had listeners who've been like, yo man, like I'm all what you're about and stuff like that. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't like have this platform to not only share my message, but to share your message. Like I'm hoping that like someone listens to this podcast and reaches out to you and be like, yeah, John, like I'm all about what you're about. And then like, we build this beautiful community of people that like basically all all about the same thing, even if, and like, I totally feel you, man. Like when I first started my journey, like I rarely had a lot of people that basically were on board with my shit. But like now I have like this like community, which is so great. And you do too, which is awesome. And it all starts from, just like being outward about what you're about. And like you said, some people might have different personalities about it, but I think if you're, if you're looking for people, like you just got to like, I don't think look harder is like the best advice. I think the best advice is like what you said, where it's like, just be, be it, like be it out there. And like, people will come like, like attracts like, and that's like, I think just like such an awesome, awesome thing. So for you, like across like your learning journeys, like one, one thing, like you just have like so many like awesome insights and, and really, really cool uh, tips that I think people can really implement in their lives to really totally change it. So for you, like, are there any books? Are there any uh, like courses or any people who like you've learned from that you like might be beneficial or have really shaped your life, first of all? And second of all, like might be really helpful for someone who's listening to uh, really pursue that path to happiness and fulfillment? Yeah. Um, the, the first book that really opened my mind and I love audiobooks, And <laughs> this book in particular is best experienced as an audiobook. It's called Conversations with God uh, Mm. by Neil Donald Walsh. And I was raised without religion. I was actually an atheist like my whole life. And this book is not, it's not about Christianity. It's not about being Catholic. It's not about any of that. And, you know, in in this book, it's basically the author is this guy, you know, middle-aged wife, children, life's just not thriving for him. So he writes an angry letter to God and he gets a response. And so it's basically just kind of a dialogue of, you know, a lot of hard hitting questions that a lot of people have about life in general, about society, about why society is like this, why the world's like this, why their life's about this. And it just hits 
hard and it all it's all love based you know that the book basically says like the world and you, you the world and you are like this because you're fearful and it really opened my eyes and a good book to complement conversation with god is outwitting the devil mm -hmm. <laughs> um i know that <laughs> book's a lot more popular um but that one's really good for you know getting out of your habits you know if you feel like you just keep repeating the same things over and over and over and you, you can't get out of this box outwitting the devil um, is really really good for that. Uh, the the last book I I have I'd probably recommend. Um, this one's more for men or people with a masculine essence. Uh, the Way of the Superior Man uh, mm. by David Dita. I believe is how you say his last name. Um, it's just really important because a lot of us we even if we find a certain direction we lose we lose our juice. You yeah. know we get tired. We we start to to get negative and you know the Way of the Superior man shows how we can how men can constantly feel fulfilled constantly feel full of energy and so you know all these books you know go together really really well um the one person that i would say uh really really opened my eyes like as far as mentorship wise his name is jonathan amaret um he has a course called thought mechanics uh you can you can google it thoughtmechanics.com i believe i think he still has a course up um, it's really expensive, uh, but it just, it breaks down manifestation It breaks down, you know, how to be healthy. It breaks down how to be the boss of your life. Um, so we don't need to spend a lot of money on all of this. If you want something free to listen to go on YouTube and search your wish is your command. Mm -hmm. It's a long lecture. I think it's like over six hours, but it covers the topics of all the books and the mentor just listed and it's on YouTube for free. Awesome, man. And they can also go to your page as well and, and learn a bunch of stuff as well. And I think, cause you have some great content in there as, as, as well. And I think the, the, the recommendations that you gave there are definitely strike, especially outwitting the devil, Napoleon Hill. I mean, that book is, absolutely incredible and it's um it's haunting to some extent because you read it and you're like oh fuck like this is what goes through my mind like holy shit and it's it's really powerful i haven't read the conversations with god one i think that one's so interesting and definitely want to check that one out for sure um but what there's one thing that you said in there that i thought was so intriguing and i know you had a post on this and i thought it was such an intriguing idea that i'd love for you to to share it here the insight is the concept of manifestation so we've all heard the terms like manifestation law of attraction like all of these things but like for you like there, you have a post called why manifestation doesn't work. I think that's what the title is if I'm not correct. Right. Yeah. So, so could you explain like what that means? Cause I, I know personally people who like are into the law of attraction and I think there's good intent behind it, but I'm on the same boat as you. And I think the way that you explain it's great. So, so why does manifestation not work? The, the first thing to understand about manifestation is that it's something we're doing constantly. And so it's, it, when people say like, Oh, manifestation isn't real unlike like everything in your life is your manifestation and so mm -hmm. you know the the it, it's a really man this is a dense topic so with <laughs> manifestation the reason why i say it doesn't work is because a lot of people see it as you know okay i want specifically a white bmw so they go you know white bmw white bmw white bmw <laughs> i'm vibrating at the vibration of a white bmw and they're like you know like that that's not really how it works. And so the, the basis of it is you, you need to feel good. You know, law of attraction, you start with, you feel good. You cannot mm -hmm. attract good thing into your life if you do not feel good. And so that's where, you know, people get skewed. It's not about thinking specifically what you want. It's about figuring out who you are, 
what makes you feel good and then once you figure what figure out what that is you just stay there you know you keep doing what you're doing and that is what will manifest the good reality into your life it wasn't really so much the acts of you know uh you know black audi black audi black audi it was <laughs> understanding you know who you are understanding how your insides your emotions work and it's just being consistent with it i love that man i love i love what you're just so about too just like knowing who you are and what your morals are, what you stand for. Like, I think that's so awesome, man. And I, and I love how, yeah, it's true. Cause if you don't know those things, like you can sit there and just say the thing that you want, but it's never going to come. And I'm wondering your, your take on this too. Like, because my belief is like too, like, I think the law of attraction is great in a sense. I say that very shaky because like, I don't think people should just do that. Like, I think it's really powerful to like know what you want, but like, I'm a big believer in like action and like taking action and stuff. So for you, like I'm sure you are too, but like for the people out there who maybe aren't taking action, who are maybe overthinking a lot of stuff, what would your advice be to someone to say, okay, like stop overthinking, stop procrastinating, like go in and take action. What's kind of like your, your advice for that person who's maybe just wondering, it's like, Hey, how do I get my ass up off this couch and actually like go start doing stuff? doing the wrong thing is better than doing nothing at all. Like that, that's mm -hmm. what I tell myself when I'm having struggle, I struggle to take action. Like, Oh, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. I don't know if this, if this will bring what I want out. That's not the question. The question is, can I do it right now? Yes or no. And so what, you know, it, when we break it down, you know, the, we'll bring it back to a manifestation. I know, you know, you said law of attraction isn't everything, but you know, that framework makes it really easy to, you know, explain things. Sure. And so everything starts as a thought, you know, we, we conceive of something, we think about it from thought, we put it into word, we talk about it. And, you know, each one of these, we can call these different dimensions, you know, everything we see, you, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the metals on my wall or, you know, your face, the, your, your microphone, you know, everything started as a thought. You know, whether, you know, your parents thought about giving birth to you, an engineer thought about making that mic. And so from there, they had to speak it. You know, they, they said that, okay, or your parents go, okay, we're going to have a kid or, you know, the manufacturer go, okay, we're making a mic. And so after that, they had to do it. And so when we keep talking and we keep thinking about things, it, it really just keeps us in the same place. So if we just lay down that, if we do these three steps, it will work that will help us take that third step of action. Because again, we don't have to do the right thing. We just have to do something for the dominoes to start going. Because again, if we go back and say everything is energy, then the act of action is how we emit the most energy. Thinking emits some level of energy, talking emits some level of energy, action emits the most amount of energy, and that is what will bring the things in your life that you want. Right. And I, oh my gosh, I, I love that statement and saying like, it, even if I do doing something wrong is better than doing nothing at all. I love that so much. Cause like, and I speak from experience here, like when you're putting off something or when you're like, I'm not sure if I should do this. I think it's like all stems from a fear of failure and like just not being successful at the thing. But like you said, like, even if you fail or even if you don't do something right, like you're going to learn from it and that's better than not doing anything at all. Again, you're emitting that energy and creating that momentum. So I, I love how you've given all of these like different practices in here and like the list could go on, but I'm curious too, like if there are 
two things that someone could do every single day. You already named some by like saying, oh, something good's going to happen today with uh, gratitude practice, um, all those things. If there's two practices that you think people could implement on a daily basis just to be happier, to be more fulfilled, to live a better life, what would that be to, and to really come at the tail end of the podcast here? The, I mean, first and foremost, taking care of our body. I think mm. something that everybody should do is figure out are they a morning person or are they an evening person? I always thought I was an evening person for the longest time and I wasn't, I wasn't very functional. And it turns out I'm actually a morning person. I thrive best in the morning. So maintaining a good circadian rhythm is the foundation for being consistent in anything. You know, the way we can maintain a good circadian rhythm is not avoiding food when we first wake up. I know a lot of us aren't really big food eaters when we wake up. I, w- I used to be one of those people. But that's what kickstarts our circadian rhythm. If you want to fall asleep earlier, eat breakfast earlier. It's as simple as that. And so when we have a good, when we have a good sleep cycle, a good practice, now we're going to be, our energy is going to be consistent. Our emotions are going to be consistent. Now we're ready to actually take action. And the second thing I would say that everybody should do is have a journal. Keep write down your thoughts, you know, see where you are. Even if you think to yourself, you know what, writing in this journal right now today, is going to do absolutely nothing. You know, a few months from now, you might want to look back and see that you're thinking like that and see, wow, I've changed a lot. Or maybe just writing that down makes you see like, wow, I'm such a negative person. Maybe I need to be a little more positive. And it's a good reflection. And it's something that keeps us healthy. It keeps us honoring goals and it keeps us creative because a lot of what we go through, a lot of what one reason why I'm not the biggest fan of school is it deprives us of our creativity. We're Mm -hmm. trained to be, you know, like, man, like, you know, just keep doing this over and over and over. Don't think about it. Just keep doing it because we told you to do it. And writing in a journal is a really great way of expanding our creativity because a lot of us are very capable. A lot of us have a lot of gifts to give, but that can't happen unless we're able to exercise our creativity. You wouldn't be doing these podcasts. You know, a lot of people love this podcast and are listening to it. And it was your creativity that started this. Same thing with my Instagram videos. It didn't start unless I tapped into a certain level of creativity. And again, we can only tap into creativity if we have a proper sleep schedule to keep our body healthy. So those two things I'd say are the most important things to do on a daily basis. Oh yeah, man. That's great. And I love that you mentioned something like from like the sleep or like the physical aspect, because like we can give all the techniques and the, like, you know, you can journal all you want, you can meditate all you want, you can do all that stuff. But man, if you're exhausted and you're sleep deprived and you're just like, you know, getting four hours of sleep, if that's, I mean, some people can function on it. I personally can't, but like, you know, if you're sleeping four hours a day when you really should be sleeping seven or eight, like, dude, like you're going to be miserable and everything's just going to suffer from there. So I love that you pointed that out is I agree hundred percent. Like it's something that has changed my life personally, especially coming up the drug addiction, like getting the sleep right was great. And I love the journaling aspect too. I actually only really started to do that uh, about, let's see, I'm on day like 32 in a row. But like, even from like, again, day one, day two, didn't really notice too much of a difference, but like day 30, I'm like, fuck man, this is good. Like I feel more creative. I'm like looking at my progress. I'm like, so I could totally vouch for it. John is not lying to you guys. He definitely knows what he's talking about with there. All right, John. So we're coming to the tail end of the podcast here. And before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you if they're interested in learning more about your videos, learning more about you, your content, what you're up to, where can they find you if they are so interested in doing so? And I bet they are. So where, where, where's your, where are you at in the social world slash internet? 
you can primarily find me on Instagram at John Chrysler. Um, I'm also just partnered up with uh, this new platform called livendu.com. That's L-I-V-U-N-D-U. I, I'll make sure I said that right. I'll send you a message. <laughs> awesome. um, but, uh, it's a new platform, um, but primarily I'm on Instagram. You can send me a message there. If you have any questions, you want to reach out, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, in the future, I hope to have YouTube and a website, but Instagram is my home in this moment. Awesome. Awesome. And yes, guys, for you guys listening and ladies, that is, I don't want to exclude you too. Uh, if you really want to like look on to improve your life and be happy and be fulfilled, I mean, John's just got all this free content that it's crazy that he's charging it all for free, but he is. And you can just go and just scroll through his page and basically learn so much for him. It's literally what got me so excited to have him on the podcast. And I promise if you go into his world and dig into what he's all about, you will definitely not regret it. And you will come out feeling much better about yourself and creating that fulfilling life. All right, John. So for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Fulfillment to me is, it's what makes us feel happy. You know, we, to me, what makes me feel happy is seeing, is just seeing other people happy, seeing that the world is happier um, you know, our family's happier, our friends are happier, random people on the internet are happier. You know, it when when you go through something, you know, traumatic, you just don't want anybody to go through it. And, you know, pain and suffering is something that's so universal. It's something that we all share. And so, you know, for me, fulfillment is seeing happiness in other people. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's why I was so excited to be on this podcast right here, the art of fulfillment, you know, literally the art of making people happy. So yeah, man, super stoked. Um, yeah, you had me on the show. Yeah, man, dude. And I'm super stoked for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a real pleasure. And dude, you're an absolute force. And I, I think you're going to really change a lot of lives out there. And, and I can't wait to see what else you're up to. So thanks so much for coming on the show, John. Much love. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. I'm so humbled that you are taking your time to better yourself and for listening to this podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you could write a review if the show only has added value to you, uh, that would be much appreciated. It helps us get our message out and to make the world a much more fulfilled place because that is what we are all about is making the world a more fulfilled place. You can find us on Instagram at Art of Fulfillment. You can find me on Instagram at Joe Corsion. And feel free to see it. send a DM to either of those uh, Instagram accounts with any questions that you may have on fulfillment, personal development, meditation, or anything else. Or even if you have some feedback on the show, that'd be appreciated as well. But we will definitely get back to you if you hit us up on one of those platforms. All right, guys, always remember, create a fulfilling life, and we'll see you next week.